0: Open your Bibles with me to Proverbs, chapter 22. I thought about jumping right back into our How to Study the Bible. I was reading a book this past week that listed some of these passages and got me thinking about this topic. I'm preaching this morning on a warning A warning. Look at Proverbs chapter 22. And look at verse 20. Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge? Now notice what it says. That I might make thee to know the certainty of the words of truth. The certainty of the words of truth. That thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee now look at the certainty of the words of truth now look with me at Luke chapter 1 Luke chapter 1 in verse 1 Luke 1 in verse 1 For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which were from, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had look at what it says, perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, look at what it says, verse 4, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. That thou mightest know the certainty, the certainty. Look with me at 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. I meant to tell you to keep Luke 1, but you'll find it again. 1 John chapter 5. Look at verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the son of God. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the son of God. Turn over a couple of pages to Jude. Jude, the first verse. Let's look at verse 3. Jude in verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith, which was, what's that next word? Once Once delivered unto the saints. Let's read that verse again. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation... Common, there's only one. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was everyone once delivered unto the saints. Lord, please help us. We live in such a, a troublous time, and it, it seems like truth has fallen in the streets, and yet you have given us the certainty of the words. So, Father, help us to look at some of these things, to to hear the warning from your word, but to have the encouragement of the scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't we have a wonderful faith? I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that he was buried. He rose again the third day, proving that he was, is, and always will be God. Isn't that a blessing? And I'm so thankful that that common salvation, that faith that was once delivered to the saints, Has been preached, it's been believed, it's been preserved, and we have the same faith today that the apostles were preaching in the early church. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a blessing? I am so excited that we live in a time when our faith can be proved. And not only can it be proved, it's being tested. It's being tested. Look with me at Revelation chapter 12. This is coming, verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels. Who is this dragon? And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan. Now notice what it says about Satan. Which deceiveth, what are those next three words? Read those three words again. And he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Satan is the deceiver. And he has deceived the whole world. Now, again, if he showed up, you know, with a pitchfork and horns, that, that everyone would know who he was, right? My mother-in-law. No, no, just a just a little joke. But that's not the way that Satan comes. That's not my mother-in-law maybe watching this. Love you, Michelle. <laughs> That's not the way that Satan comes. He comes as a deceiver. And what he does, if God has a true word, Satan's going to corrupt it. There'll be a false word. If there's a true Christ, there's going to be a false Christ. If there's a true gospel, there's going to be a false gospel. If there are true brethren, there are going to be false brethren. Let's see if the Bible warns us about any of those things. What I want to look at this morning are the warnings the Bible gives us. But not only do I, do I want to look at the warnings, I want to look at why these are the things that the enemy would attack. Why would he attack these specific things? The first thing I want to look at is a false letter. A false letter. Look at 2 Thessalonians. You all have your Bibles today? If you don't have a Bible with you, there's one under the chair in front of you. All right? You're going to need a Bible So look at 2 Thessalonians. And if you're not sure where the different books are, there's a table of contents in the front. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Look at verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Notice, that's just something that he is assuming that we all believe. How many of you believe Jesus Christ is coming back? that we're going to be soon gathered unto him. Alright? So here's what he says. Verse 2. That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, look at what it says, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So, apparently, someone was writing a letter supposedly from the Apostle Paul, stating that the day of Christ had already happened, that Jesus Christ had already returned. Now, how many of you know that if they got a letter like that from the Apostle Paul, that that's going to cause some trouble in the church? So what you have is you have a false letter. A false letter. And there have been false books of the Bible all the way back from the beginning of the early church, as we can see. A false letter. Go back to Luke chapter 1. What Luke is saying, and of course Luke is the Holy Spirit inspired historian of the church. Both of Christ and of the early church in the book of Acts. So verse 1 again, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. So did you hear? see what that says? Many had written. Many. Why aren't those the Bible? Because they were not the inspired words of God. It didn't take until 325 or 425 for believers to know what the Bible was. They knew what the Bible was. Alright, it's very important that you understand that. And there have been false letters, false writings, all the way from the beginning. There are also false copies of the Bible, and we may get into that, might cover some of that this evening. So, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things, which are most surely believed among us, so they were given... Luke and the other apostles were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. He had perfect understanding. And verse 4, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So, look at your Bible. How wonderful is it that we can know that this is true? How 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 many of you know that your Bible is true? You know. That it's true. You know, wonderful thing about Grace Baptist. You can ask, you know, us, any of us who believe the same way. We have this common faith. How many of you believe that you can hold God's words in your hands and that you have them? We do. We do. You know, most of Christianity doesn't believe they actually have the words of God. They they don't know the certainty of the words. I'm glad that I have the certainty of the words. Oh, you think you're better? No, I think this is better than they think it is. It's interesting, isn't it? So this book is so wonderful. Why would Satan have there be false letters? Because the true ones are so good. The true ones are so good. Look with me at Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Where do we get that knowledge of him? The the children's song is so good. See if if you all know this. Jesus loves me, this I know. How do you know about the love of Jesus? From the Bible. And if that's not true, then our faith is in vain. It's not true. Why would Satan attack it? Because it's true and because of the power. The Bible says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. How do I know who Jesus is? Because of the Bible. That's how I know. And so that's why Satan would have to give a false letter. And remember what Satan's first words were in the garden. Hath God said? Hath God said? Did God really say it? So how has Satan attacked the Bible? All the way from the earliest times, you had things like the Gospel of Thomas... The Gospel of Thomas. This is a, this Gospel of Thomas was translated into English by Thomas Lambden and it's on the Marquette website. So there, there are several hundred or few, over a hundred verses in this supposed Gospel of Thomas. Let me read one of them to you. Simon Peter said to him, quote, Let Mary leave us, for women are not worthy of life. For women are not worthy of life. Jesus said, I myself shall lead her in order to make her male, so that she too may become a living spirit resembling you males. For every woman who will make herself male will enter the kingdom of heaven. So, if you're looking for a verse to defend transgenderism, there you have it. Can I just say something? One of the things that they're talking about with um, the horrors in Afghanistan is the female genital mutilation that takes place in those Islamic countries. Have you all heard about that? Well, before we get too up in arms about that, how about the gender reassignment surgery that doctors and parents are allowing for children? Is that... Is that genital mutilation? Oh. Oh, so we have ignorant satanic attack on children. And we have educated satanic attack on children. Amen? Amen. This is an attack on God's word. They they say that that it's from around 150 A.D. One of the early church writers around 200 referenced the Gospel of Thomas, and he said, Don't listen to it because they were, he was a, a, a docetic. That is, he didn't believe that Jesus had physical body, that he was a phantasm, and that he didn't really die on the cross because God can't die. And when he came out of the, the tomb, when Jesus came out of the tomb, he had to be helped. It's just, it, it's just a false gospel, the Gospel of Thomas. There was another, it's called the Gospel of Peter. The Gospel of Peter was first made mention of by a bishop, Serapion of Antioch, around 200 AD. And uh, I'm sorry, that it was the, the, this Gospel of Peter that was considered docetic. The Gospel of uh, Thomas was a Gnostic gospel. The Gnostics are looking for a deeper or secret knowledge. And of course, we don't believe that. We have a common faith that's declared Things that we all believe. If you get something from God that no one else has ever gotten, you didn't get it from God. Amen? Amen. They're false letters and false gospels. So things like the gospel of Thomas and the gospel of Peter. In this gospel of Peter on the cross, Jesus cried, My power, my power, thou hast forsaken me. Rather than my God, my God. What is it? Because he couldn't have been forsaken physically because he didn't have a physical body. They're false false gospels, false letters. And the reason you have to have false letters is because the true ones are so real. There was um, a time when people didn't have Bibles, and it was very difficult to get one. And there was a man, his name was uh, Constantine, and he helped a bishop who was under persecution. And he helped that man in Armenia. He helped him. And as a gift, that man gave Constantine these, all of the letters of the apostle Paul. Those were the only, that's the only part of the Bible this man had. And they founded a group called the Paulicians. You understand, you can have a pretty good church if all you had were the church epistles. Now eventually they got all of the Bible, but because they started with those church epistles, what did they do? They memorized scripture. They evangelized entire communities, they established churches, they baptized believers. Why? Because they had the writings of the Apostle Paul. The true letters of the Apostle Paul. There are a lot of people that want to undermine what a church is. You can't do that by going along with the writings of the Apostle Paul. That's why Paul told Timothy. He said, learn of me and God will give you understanding in all things. A true letter. The reason a true letter is so important is because we have a foundation which is the Word of God. It is our sole authority. And what the warning from Scripture is, look, there's going to be false letters. There's going to be false letters. Don't believe them. Just believe the Bible. Not only there are false letters, but there is a false gospel. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. A warning. Verse 6. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. I marvel... "...that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would..." What's that next word? Pervert. "...pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed..." As we said before so say I now again if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received let him be accursed. I want you to see what Paul said in verse 8. He says but though we or an angel from heaven Paul said I have given you the gospel if I ever change that if I ever preach something different accursed me. Don't don't hold me up as your authority. The word of God and the gospel is your authority, not me. So, Pastor Jim, if I ever preach anything other than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, his visible crucifixion, his visible burial, his visible physical bodily resurrection, if I ever preach anything other than that, then accursed me, damn me, don't believe me the true gospel is so powerful and it's so wonderful. It's the power of God to salvation if you believe it. Amen. It's wonderful. It's awesome. How many of you are glad you get to go to heaven? Amen. Are you glad? I know some of you, you're just tired. I just said, how many of you are glad you're going to heaven? This is what I saw from some of you. Man, you will be glad you get to go to heaven. Amen. And that's why Satan's got to attack it. He knows the gospel is the way that we go to heaven. The Bible says in in 1 Corinthians 15, wherein we stand. We stand in that gospel. Praise God. But there's false gospels. And there have been false gospels all the way from the beginning. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. just A couple of pages back. Verse 1. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. Now look at verse 2. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. I mentioned in Sunday school, one of the sources I was looking at this morning, this guy was quoting the the contemporary English version, the CEV. And for this verse, listen to what the CEV said. It said, um, oh, let let me get it. I am as concerned for you as God is. That's what the CEV says. I am as concerned for you as God. Can can we do anything as much as God can? No. I want you to know I love you as much as God does. That's not what godly love is. Godly love is not selfless love. It's it's trying to love the way that God does. Can you love the way that God does? No. no. Why? Because he is all love. He is love. You're not. Right? So anyway. I'd call that a false letter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah? How about that? For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. He cares about the purity of the church, doesn't he? What what would undermine the purity of the church? A false gospel. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, notice what he says. He doesn't say your heart might be. He says your mind might be. You see, we have an intellectual faith. We have a reasonable faith. Come let us reason together. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. We think about, the Bible talks about the armor of God. And it talks about having the the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Uh, Jason, where do you wear your helmet? On your head. The delay troubles me. You wear your helmet... On your head, you need to know what you believe about salvation, right? Satan was worried that their minds would be corrupted. So what someone will do is they'll come and they'll try and, and reason with you. Justin, don't you think that the God, that, that, that a loving God, he wouldn't condemn people who've never heard? He, he, that, that, that's not God, right? Do you see how they try and reason with it? Well, I understand that, that some people don't believe this, but... But we believe that you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven. Now, what's so simple is one thing. Death, burial, resurrection of Christ, the gospel, that's one thing. You add something to it, baptism, now that's less simple. Right? Right? right. And people had been persuaded... Oh, for centuries and centuries, people have baptized babies so that they can become a part of the church. Oh, really? Where does the Bible say that? It would have to come from a, a, a false letter. That's right. You can't get that from the scriptures. I like to say, if you, if you can show me a, a baby being baptized in the Bible, I'll eat it. You say, which one, the baby or the Bible? Both, because neither of them are in there. False. A false gospel. People adding works to salvation. People saying that you can can buy, spend money and buy indulgences so people can pray you into heaven. That is a false gospel. That's a false gospel. And look at what Paul was worried about. But I fear, verse 3, Lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Look at what it says. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus. How many of you are old enough to remember Fulton Sheen? Anybody know who Fulton Sheen? How many of you don't have any idea what I'm talking about? YouTube him. Catholic priest. Long robe. You'd pose, and he was a really popular TV preacher. And there were a lot of people that were persuaded into a false doctrine through Fulton Sheen because he was a good preacher. Look at look at what the Bible says. Now, let me can I just qualify something here. What's the name of this church? Grace Baptist. Now, that's not just a sign. We believe in salvation by grace. Amen. Amen. Amen, not by works. And we're Baptist. And we're a church. That, that's what we are. The Catholic Church teaches a different gospel than we teach. That's right. And don't be offended when I say that. Go and ask the Catholic priest if his gospel is the same as ours. Do you know what he's going to say? No, no, one of our ladies got born was born again, she got born again, and mom went to the priest priest said my mom, my daughter said she 's born again. What does that mean? The priest said it means she 's demon possessed cold water, right and actually she might be i don 't know but <laughs> So please, sometimes we get offended for other people. The Catholic priest would be glad to tell you that our gospel is a different gospel than his. Amen. What's the name of our church? Great. You're going to hear what our gospel is. And here's the good news. Our gospel comes from here. Amen. Amen. The gospel. The gospel. So notice what it says. For he that cometh, for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Now look at this. Or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received. Another spirit. The Holy Spirit told me to do this. The Holy Spirit told me to do that. The Holy, how many of you have heard people tell you that the Holy Spirit told them to do something? You know, there's just no way the Holy Spirit told you to do that. Do you know how you know the Holy Spirit didn't tell them to do that? Because it disagreed with the Bible. God's not going to contradict himself. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit's God? You believe the Holy Spirit's God? Yeah. Yeah. God doesn't contradict himself. They agree. As a matter of fact, it says there are three and they agree. That's what it says in 1st John chapter 5. So, you know, there are so many people, charismatic churches, some church of God, some Pentecostal churches, um, places like Only Believe. They preach a different Holy Spirit. Than the Holy Spirit of the Bible. That's right. Very important that you understand that. Completely different Holy Spirit. Let's go on. Or if you receive another spirit, middle of verse four, which you have not received, look at this. Or what are those next two words? Another gospel, another gospel which ye have not. What are you supposed to do with the gospel? Accept it ye might well bear with him. We're not going to bear with him. We're not going to allow a false gospel. We're not going to allow a false teaching on the Holy Spirit. We're not going to allow, we're not going to allow a, a subtle preacher to preach another Jesus. We have the Jesus of the Bible. Um, can, can I give you another Jesus? Let me give you an example of another Jesus. Jesus calling. You know those books, Another Jesus calling. Have you seen those books? She had that she channeled she, she channeled a spirit to write that. Preacher, that sounds weird. Yeah, it really does. I'm not the weird one at least on this. Again, when we de- when we describe these people, they're so crazy we sound crazy. You need to understand that's another Jesus. that's not the Jesus of the Bible. It's another spirit. A false gospel. The reason a false gospel is necessary is because the true gospel is so wonderful. Praise God that I'm a sinner. The chiefest of sinners. That Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. So that I could live a false gospel. Not only are there false gospels, but there are false apostles. Look at 2 Corinthians 11. Look at verse 13. For such are false apostles. That's how I know there are false apostles. For such are false apostles. Look at this. Deceitful workers. "...transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness." whose end shall be according to their works. There are false apostles. The Bible says in uh, the book of Revelation chapter 2, Jesus Christ is commending the church at Ephesus because it says because thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars. They're liars. You know there are a lot of people that are that are trying to speak for Christ today. They're liars. They're liars. Why would Satan want to attack the apostles? Because our faith is built. We are continuing steadfastly in the apostles. What's the next word? Doctrine. Doctrine. What is doctrine? God's truth and God's words. So, oh, wait a minute. So that's why you have to have a false letter. That's why you have to have a false gospel. That's why you have to have false apostles. Because we learned about the gospel through the apostle Paul. We learned about that through the true letters. We learned about the true gospel so there has to be a false gospel from false apostles. What do we need to do? We need to try them and find them liars. Amen. Amen. We need to love the truth so much that we hate the evil. They're liars, okay? Not only that, but look at Galatians chapter 2. Okay, so what's the name of our what's the name of our church? Grace Baptist, Grace Baptist Church, okay, Galatians chapter 2. And look at verse 4. You know, let's just start reading in verse... Yeah, verse 4. And that because of... What are what's those next two words? Galatians 2, 4. And that because of... What are those next two words? False brethren, False brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, all right? So, here's what was happening. You have the true church. A church is a called-out assembly of born-again, baptized believers meeting voluntarily in a specific location, okay? So, you have this called-out assembly, this local church. Members of a church must be born-again. You, let me say that again. Members of a true church must be born again. You're born again by believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the only way that you're born again. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. Amen. That's it. It's the only gospel. It's the common faith. So that's, that's what a church is. You believe that, then you get baptized, and you become a member of the local church. Right? You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. Amen? Amen? Lots of people are going to be in heaven that were not scripturally baptized. Praise God. Very important. The reason we talk about a born-again church membership, the reason we emphasize that so much, is because they come in and they start stealing your faith. Look at the text. I want you to see what happens in this text. It's vital to have a born again church membership because the truth, so that the truth of the gospel can continue. Notice what it says in verse five. To whom these that's crept in, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. You see, when, when these people creep in, If you give them place, membership, you give them place, you give them leadership, you you give them a platform so that you're under subjection to them, the truth stops being preached. You know, there are churches all over America that have people in positions of authority now that are not saved. And those are the people that don't like it when you stand up and say, anyone who adds something to the gospel needs to be damned to hell. That's what Galatians chapter 1 says. But if you say that, they don't like that. Why? Because they're undermining the gospel. They are false brethren. We need to give them place. No, not for an hour. Not going to give it to them. Why? Because how wonderful is it when brethren dwell in unity? Is that what the Bible says? Man, it's a, it's precious. It's a wonderful thing. The, man, I, the, my, all of my friends are my brothers in Christ. This is our this is our family. It's a wonderful thing, but we've all been hurt by false brethren, haven't we? That's why Satan has to undermine it. We must worship the Christ of the Bible. This is an interesting thing. We have to we have to, to stand against false brethren. And false teaching in the church? Listen, even when they're famous Christians. Let's see if that con let's see if that fits in the context. Look at verse eleven. Galatians two, verse eleven. How many of you think Peter is a well known Christian? If you think so, raise your hand. Think Peter's a well known Christian. Okay. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the... What's, that, what's it say? What are those next words? The truth of the gospel. I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew livest after the manner of Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews?' Who are we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles? Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So what did Peter do? He undermined that by his behavior. What did Paul do? He withstood him to the face. He got in his face. From what I understand, Peter was a big, mean, tough fighter. And Paul was a tiny, hunchbacked academic. And I can just see him. Peter, you're wrong. And I'll bet you there were some soft-headed and soft-hearted Christians saying, I just can't believe he talked about Peter that way. Peter's the great man of God. How they said that in Greek, I'm not sure. (laughs) How many of you think that probably happened? Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to understand that even Christians can teach false doctrine. we got to stand up against it. We have to stop it. False brethren, false teaching. There's false letters, false gospel, false apostles, false brethren. And, of course, look at 1 John chapter 2. Look at verse 18, <clears> 1 <throat> John chapter 2 and verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. Man, if that was the last time, this is really the last time. As, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, false Christs, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. Now look at what it says. But ye have an holy unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. There's no secret knowledge, no Gnosticism. Every believer has all the knowledge of God. Why? Because we have an unction from the Holy One. What is that? That's the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. We're not waiting for some special anointing of God. The Bible says we all have the anointing. Right. Amen? How many of you ever heard, that's an anointed preacher? Have you ever heard somebody say that? Well, I hope so. He'd better be saved. Amen. Anybody here saved? Amen. Then you're anointed. Amen. Let me say that again. How many of you are saved? Amen. Then you're anointed. You have an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. You have the words of God. Then look at what it says. Verse 21, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whoso denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. You know there are people that don't believe that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? They only believe that there's Jesus. They deny the Father. They only believe in Jesus. They're called Oneness Pentecostals. They're called the Apostolic Churches, uh, First Apostolic Temple or Tabernacle, whatever it is here in Sydney. They don't believe in the Godhead. They don't believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What is that called in the Bible? Antichrist. Oh, I know them. They're nice people, man. I know a bunch of them that are great people. They just have the spirit of Antichrist. Here's why it's important. Because the true Christ is so wonderful. He is so wonderful. God the Son, the second person of the Godhead. He's the one who came to show us the Father. Show us the Father. Have I been with you so long and still you don't know? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the express image of of, of God's brightness. Man, it's so wonderful to know who Jesus is. The false Christs that are proclaimed all over the world, they can't hold a candle to the real Jesus he is wonderful. We started with this. Jesus loves me, this I know, the Bible. Understand that the Bible is being undermined all over Christianity right now. It's so important that we know that we have the truth. The way that we can know who the true Christ is is because he's the Christ of the Bible. The way that we can know it's a true letter is because it's in the Bible. The way we can know who a true brother is is because of the descriptions the Bible give us of a true brother in the Bible. The way that we can know what the gospel is is because it's in the Bible. This, this is vital. But don't forget this. Andy Stanley. If the Bible is the foundation of our faith, as the Bible goes, so goes our faith. Okay. I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? Yeah. In other words, Christianity cannot survive if the Bible goes away. That's true. good thing is, it's going to live and abide forever. God says that he's going to preserve it. Right? No problem so far. He says, the Bible can't survive if every part of the Bible isn't absolutely true. Fair. I like that. If the Bible is the foundation of our faith. If the Bible is the foundation of our faith, it is all or nothing. Say amen to that? Is this the foundation of our faith? Absolutely. You were raised in a culture like I was raised in, and it was all or nothing. If anything proves that something in the Bible isn't actually, absolutely, historically, scientifically reliable, uh uh-oh, the whole thing comes tumbling down because this version of Christianity is a house of cards. He goes on. Christianity becomes a fragile house of cards that comes tumbling down when we discover that perhaps the walls of Jericho didn't. You know what the good news is? They did. He says, uh, when we are told that perhaps there was no exodus from Egypt to the promised land, good news is there was. When we are told in school or graduate school that there is no such thing as a worldwide flood, you know what the good news is? There was. You see, here's the problem. He's ashamed of people that think the walls came down. He's ashamed of people that think there's a worldwide flood. He's ashamed of people that think that there was a biblical exodus. You know they find evidence for the biblical exodus all the time? All the time. That's not why I believe it. I believe it because the Bible says it. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. How about a biblical? That you may know the certainty of the words. The certainty. The certainty of the words. The faith once delivered for the saints. The reason that there's false is because the true is so good. Man, how many of you are glad you're saved? You're glad you have the Bible. You're glad you have brothers in Christ. You're glad you know the true gospel. You're glad you know the true Jesus who we're going to see face to face. He's coming back. Praise the Lord. We have the truth. The warning Man, there's a lot of false stuff going on. There's a lot of people that we trust that are going to fall by the wayside, going to fall by the wayside. During that meeting the other night, the, um, Josh Mandel, who's a Jewish man, he asked me to pray for him. And here's what I prayed: Lord, I pray that what he said is true and that he'll do what he said. How's that for an endorsement? I don't trust any politicians. But, man, I trust God's word because it's true. You can trust Jesus. He's true. Man, I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for my brothers in Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together. You know, we talked about the gospel a lot. Have you, have you received the gospel? The Bible uses the word accepted. How do you accept the gospel? Well, you realize that you're a sinner. That's no big shock, is it? But that the penalty for that sin is death and hell but if that you'll believe Jesus Christ is the son of God that he born of a virgin lived a sinless life and died on the cross to pay for your sin and that he was buried and that he rose again the 3rd day proving that he was is and always will be God if you'll believe that and ask him to save you he will Amen. Amen. Amen Man if you're here and you've never done that let today be the day of your salvation repent what does repent means mean it means you acknowledge that you're a sinner And that your sin is bad enough to take you to hell. Man, none of us want you to go there. We're not happy about that. But the Bible says there's celebration in heaven when one person comes to Christ. Be great if today was the day that you came to Christ. The rest of us, beware. False letters. False gospels. False apostles. False brethren. False Christs. Why are there false ones? Because the real ones are awesome. Amen. Amen. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Lord, help us to love it. Help us to live it and preach it.